Before we get started, I'd just like to tell you about some recent changes we've made to our Patreon. We now have a Discord server that's exclusive for our Level Up and Queenship members. So if you'd like to chat directly with the hosts of this podcast and make friends with other like-minded queens, sign up for our Patreon and select either the Level Up or Queenship tier. As always, Patreon members have access to weekly bonus content on Fridays. Thanks for listening, queens, and on to the show. What's up, queens? Welcome to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Ro. And this is Savannah. And I'm Lilith. So today, we're going to do one long extended roast to scrote of Dave Portnoy from Barstool Sports. Scrote Grandpa. Yeah, he's the scrote prophet, I think. Scrote Messiah. (laughs) Scrote Messiah, yeah. Here's a betting strategy, ladies. If a guy says he likes David Portnoy, that's a red flag. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) He's a date rapist, probably. Probably. Although we got to be careful about what we say because he's petty as fuck and clearly sue happy and vengeful and vindictive and entitled. So he's the type of guy to sick his lawyers after us. He he said in a video, like, I'm famous for holding a grudge. Honestly, okay. Can you imagine, though, if he did sue us, though, like how good that would be for FDS? Hell yeah. Right? <laughs> Blow up our brand. Like that shit would make headlines. It absolutely would. Right? I hope he fucking sues us. Free publicity. <laughs> Bring attention to us, please. Yeah. Please pay us attention. Barstool Sports, give us free publicity. Sue us. I fucking dare you. Give women a reason to support us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If David Portnoy comes after us. Can you imagine how much women would support us after that? Hell yeah. Yeah, so ladies, don't forget to sign up for our Patreon. We're going to need all the help we can get with our eventual uh, malicious slap lawsuit. Everyone just hates this slimy little blobfish. He's built like a colostomy bag. He's a 44-year-old middle-aged man who is creepy as shit. Probably a malignant narcissist. Probably. So what happened this past week was... Should we explain who he is or what he does? Oh, yeah, let's go. Let's go into that first. Dave Portnoy is the CEO of Barstool Sports. What the fuck is Barstool Sports other than just media for stupid people? Media for stupid people. That's all it is, really. But uh, it started out as a magazine, a sports-oriented magazine, and it expanded into uh, a more webzine over time. And then he started creating a network of podcasts, which includes podcasts like Call Her Daddy with Alex Cooper and Sophia Franklin. If you've been following all the drama with them, they recently had a falling out. But then there's just like other podcasts that are more sports oriented, like Pardon My Take, et cetera, et cetera. So it's basically a website for sports. And smooth brain people. And smooth brain people and a series of sports podcasts. But yeah, it's it's uniquely smooth brain because there's other... And I, I'm a person that loosely follows sports. I probably follow the NBA out of all the other major leagues. There's plenty of other websites that do sports commentary that are not as shit and scrody as Barstool Sports. Like specifically Barstool Sports in the sports world is known for being degenerate frat boy. It's like literally the lowest common denominator entertainment, really. Yeah. Like drunken fat frat boys who'll probably date rape you is basically their brand. Oh my gosh. Gosh. The messed up part about it is that they don't particularly like run away from that characterization. They sort of embrace it. Yeah, they embrace that with their whole heart. And what's sad about it is like Dave Portnoy, he just does not look by any stretch of the imagination like he was the type of guy to really get girls before he got rich. In fact, he just looks like a garden variety incel. And he was married. Was he? That's surprising. Yeah, he was married for like 10 years before Barstool Sports really got big and he got really wealthy. And then he got, I don't know if they're officially divorced, but they've been separated for some time. And now he spends his free time messaging teenagers trying to do depraved, abusive sex at them. So the reason why David Portnoy is in the headlines these days is because Business Insider just came out with a, what he calls a hit piece, what I just call reporting or journalism about his fucked up sex life. The title of the article is, quote, I was literally screaming in pain, end quote. Young women say they met Barstool Sports founder Dave Portnoy for sex and it turned violent and humiliating. Author is Julia Black. Okay, so trigger warning on this. There's some graphic depictions of sexual violence. So we're going to read from the Business Insider article. Viewer discretion is advised. So the article starts out, In the summer of 2020, Madison sent Barstool Sports founder David Portnoy a direct message on Instagram complimenting his famous one-bite pizza reviews. 
Sick pizza reviews, she wrote. Thanks, fly bitch. Portnoy responded. Is this how stupid people flirt? Like, is that how? (laughs) Honestly, it must be. I'm already bored of this man. Yeah, I'm already bored of this conversation. Anyways, she was a 20-year-old college student at the time, Portnoy, a 43-year-old multimillionaire. The conversation soon moved to Snapchat and text where it quickly turned the topic of sex. He sent her graphic videos of other women he'd slept with, according to Madison, and in messages reviewed by Insider, he pressed her to tell him about her sexual fantasies. So first of all, like, it's weird that he would send videos of him sleeping with other women to this girl, like sending her porn of himself. Yeah, he doesn't give a fuck if he's out here just like sent, like distributing porn, both of himself and then the women he had sex with. Because the other question is, did the women he had sex with know that they were being filmed and that furthermore that he was distributing it to random people he met on Instagram? Right. That's the other question that just occurred to me now that you brought it up. It's like, do these other women know they're being filmed and do they know that he's distributing it? So the article continues. She says, I mean, actually, this one's kind of common, like a rape fantasy where I don't have any control of what's going on. And then he responds, you and I are going to get along so well. And she says, but I will say in order to do that one, I have to be pretty comfortable with you, Madison said. And Portnoy responds, of course. And then he bought her a first class plane ticket to visit him at his 2.2 million Nantucket home. She says the trip was a traumatic experience. She arrived at Portnoy's four bedroom home around 3 p.m., tired enough from her travels that she didn't mind when Portnoy told her that they would order in pizza instead of going out. (laughs) Okay weird but okay it's like he doesn't even take her on a date he just orders some pizza exactly first red flag i mean that's why we say don't do house dates yeah don't do house dates period i think that was the first red flag is that no there's so many red flags before that but that's the first red flag of her physically being in his presence yeah true true lilith (laughs) yeah (laughs) there's so many red flags before that but (laughs) we'll get to that yeah but like that's deliberate right he doesn't want to be seen out with her yeah, etc. So he's trying to keep her confined to the home. He's trying to keep her confined in the house where she's alone and isolated. Red flag. Huge fucking red flag. Anyways, still, she was surprised to find him nothing like his charismatic online persona. First of all, girl, was he really that charismatic? Really? What charisma? I don't know. Maybe she like maybe she thought he was a nice guy cuz he says he is. It's actually very common for like narcissistic or just shitty people in general to project this sort of online persona of them being so funny and relatable and likable. But then when you actually are alone with them behind closed doors, their true self rears its ugly head. And I will say though, if they were talking about kink and BDSM again, as part of, I guess you can call it grooming, but as part of the getting to know you process, oftentimes, you know, these men are on their best sort of behavior and you think you bond over being into BDSM, basically. It gives you an artificial sense of, oh my gosh, this person really gets me. Especially online as well. I've heard some real horror stories um, and I've had some as well of people connecting online over King and then when they see the person in real life, they're just totally different to what they expected. So there's that too. I don't know if you guys know this, but people lie on the internet. Wow, really? I had no idea. Crazy. Yeah. And today I found out the pope is catholic wow (laughs) breaking news water Uh, is wet so she says still he was surprised to find him nothing like his charismatic online persona quote he was very rude he wasn't funny at all he just reminded me of a boring grumpy old man well yeah he is a boring grumpy old man that's literally what he is (laughs) that's literally what he is he's a boring grumpy old man like (laughs) that's because what he is who's built like a sack of laundry this is an example of it not even being an insult you're just describing him accurately yeah that is who he is and i'm wondering i'm just wondering again the disconnect between who he actually is which seems fairly obvious to maybe like you and i and savannah but is not obvious to these girls and i wonder again it's probably that's why he picks women in this age group right 19 20 who don't have any type of experience who can't just who can't read this guy yet because those are the only women who don't have a grasp on who this man is i feel bad for this poor madison girl just because i i remember being 19 or 20 i actually had a sugar daddy when i was 19 and reading this article was actually very hard for me because what she's describing was very similar to the way that my sugar daddy treated me and um We'll we'll get into it later. I'll I'll we'll get there. Um 
Anyways, after dinner, they started kissing. Madison said she first became uncomfortable and Portnay pulled out his phone and started filming her without asking permission as she performed oral sex on him. Quote, I never said anything. I was scared. He was just so mean. Yeah, so that's a felony, first of all. Like, yeah, filming someone performing a sex act on you without their permission is, yeah, illegal, right? And it's surprisingly common as well. Like, shockingly common. I don't know why guys do that. It's just, why? He deliberately, I know, is probably trying to collect evidence to blackmail these girls. And also because he knows he does things that are borderline, very, very borderline, it can absolutely be qualified as sexual assault that he does this in order to give himself plausible deniability. So this is definitely like that scrody, um, like red pill manosphere type behavior where they're like, oh, I'm going to film girls when I have sex with them to prove the sex was consensual. So he's both doing this for his own like collection, which he clearly sends to other women unprompted to add to his trophy collection to add to his trophy collection that which he sends to random people apparently but also as blackmail evidence yeah so the filming without the consent yeah it has three functions one as a trophy of their fucking sexually depraved shit two as blackmail if the girl ever comes forward or if basically it's like an insurance policy for when he does something violent or fucked up to her later he can just pull out that video and either threaten her for it and then three uh, use it as evidence that, oh, it wasn't rape. Look at her consensually blowing me kind of thing. And groom other girls, maybe four, to send it to other girls to help groom them. Exactly, yeah. So the, the filming without permission has four predatory functions, essentially. The article continues, from there, things escalated until, as Madison put it, I felt like I was just a human sex doll. Two days later, Madison texted a close friend. It was so rough, I felt like I was being raped. He videotaped me and spit in my mouth and choked me so hard I couldn't breathe. She wrote in messages viewed by Insider, and it hurt, and I was literally screaming in pain. She recalled crying and shouting, too much, too much, and it hurts. It was so painful, Madison said. I kept trying to get away, and he was like, stop running away from me. Stop running away from me. What the fuck? (gasps) What the fuck? Like, okay, the stop running away from me is what rapists say, right? If you don't want people to think you're a rapist, then don't act like a rapist. So I've, I've actually experienced this before. I've, I've experienced like wanting to get away from a guy and he just like bare arms you or tries to chase you. And it's, it's fucking weird because you're in a position where there's nowhere for you to go. Right. And especially she's in a city she doesn't understand. He has all the leverage in the situation. He's well known. It's, you know, there's, she has like literally zero power in this situation. The power dynamics of this interaction are just terrifying. So, um, but Portnoy, she said, just went harder. Madison's flight home wasn't until two days later, so she slept on Portnoy's couch both nights. They did not have sex again. David Portnoy makes no secret of the fact that he likes to have sex with young women and to push the boundaries of what is considered socially acceptable. In many ways, that image is at the core of the brand that has made him one of the wealthiest and most powerful figures in digital media. There are the rape jokes, his reputed use of the N-word on camera, and his harassment of female journalists. So he has a long history of just being a generally shitty person. And for not wanting to take accountability for his questionable behavior. Yeah, like that is his brand, is being a rapey scrot. We're reading an article that's literally describing rape, and I know that the... I don't know what the legalities of, like, uh, alleging someone is commit- has committed a crime, right? So I know the article itself kind of skirts around it. It doesn't flat out call him a rapist or an assault, you know, that he assaulted her, but it's the description is pretty clear. Allegedly assaulted, yeah. And, and let's be clear, I have, like, I swear to God... I will sit here and roast his ass all day long. I don't give a shit. I, I feel like a lot of times women get intimidated out of actually talking to these guys on their level because they feel like, well, I don't want to be like called a bitch or like, a, you know, or a cat lady or a femcel or whatever. We, again, we came from Reddit. Our skin is so thick. It's crusted over. Yeah. <laughs> we have scales now at this point. We have scales. We have we have literal crocodile scales. We have fucking armor. Our skin is so thick it's become armor. So we can roast this grot all day. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't think he'll sue us. What he'll probably do is make a post on like Twitter or Instagram or some shit and tell his followers like, oh, like go after these fem cells or whatever. Like, bitch, we don't care. Like, bitch, we deal with that every fucking day. We deal with scrotes attacking us every day. Go ahead, Savannah. Sorry. And ultimately, like... They can roast us, but it's not us who are DMing 19-year-old women to basically be sexually rough with them. Like, however way you slice it, that behaviour is pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. If, if, a, if a man can't get women his own age... In his own city? 
but he's defective. He's he's def- if he has to fly them out from another city, like what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Me and Bryce spoke about this actually. Like <laughs> But we said, like, if somebody's own people, like, if a state or country doesn't want them, <laughs> they're defective. If the factory doesn't want something, it's a defective product. You don't go near it. You might as well just toss it out if the it's, it's factory reject. He probably already has a rep in his town, for sure. My other point, and I made this on Twitter, is that I feel like social media gives these guys a level of plausible deniability that they're specifically seeking out teenagers. Because... Before social media, guys like this would have to hang out at the local high school in their van and wait for the kids to leave so they could holler at girls leaving high school or at the food court at the mall or some kind of public space where it's very clear and obvious that they're there specifically to pick up on teenagers. And so like the optics of that and the creep factor of that becomes very, very obvious versus like... So this is like the internet version of that. Yeah, this is the internet version of the creepy townie guy, the the creepy middle-aged townie guy who lives in a van who shows up to all the like high school functions still, right? Or like uh, hang or still hits on freshman girls in college, even though he graduated literally 23 years ago. Yeah, the internet gives him too much of a a cover, but this this is that same behavior. So the article goes on, since 2019, he appeared in three sex tapes that have leaked online. The stock price of Barstool's parent company plunged after the most recent video in which he violently chokes a woman using a collar and a leash. Both Portnoy and the woman said the encounter was consensual. So two things about that. Uh, first of all, again, how do these things quote unquote leak? Either the either he leaked them or the woman leaked them, right? Or actually he could have sent it to some other girl and then she leaked it. But the, but the question is always like, he's taking all these videos that he has and then distributing them to people without the knowledge and prior consent of the person who's in the actual video. So the article goes on. For years, Portnoy has managed to escape scrutiny. His behavior and comments weren't just accepted, they were expected. A 2020 Barstool documentary series produced by the media company features Portnoy forcefully digitally penetrating a sex doll while donning a tuxedo, later declaring himself the finger king. For many, David Portnoy is a hero, but some in his orbit, particularly women, have told Insider that they felt as though he abused his fame and power and put them in compromising positions. Insider spoke with more than two dozen people with direct experience with Portnoy and Barstool, including eight current or former employees. Some women, as young as 19, who had no professional connection to Portnoy, recounted having sexually explicit online exchanges with him. Three of these women said they had sex with Portnoy, now 44, and that the encounters turned into frightening and humiliating experiences that have taken a toll on their mental health. Two, including Madison, said Portnoy both choked and filmed them without advanced permission. Another, who had depression, said she was suicidal after the two had sex. Damn, imagine being so fucking bad at sex. (laughs) Imagine being so bad at sex that the woman becomes suicidal after. I mean, just being, like, subjecting them to violence. I mean, the thing about this discussion is he's just normalized the idea that if a woman has sex with you, he's allowed to punch, beat, choke, spit on you and shit. Like, the fuck? It is assault to hit, punch, spit, and choke people without their prior explicit agreement and consent. And it can be withdrawn at any time. Even if they consent, it's still assault. It's still assault to me. I actually... It's still assault. I'm, I'm going to get into this later, but I'm now of the view that it actually is irrelevant to me if the woman consents to it. The fact that the man even wants to do that to begin with means he is a predator. It just means that he's found a good... He's just selected a good victim. Highly problematic. You're no, right. No, I, I agree. I mean, we, we, we take that position across the board that any guy that's into BDSM is probably a screw. I'm just saying from a legal standpoint... There's no difference between the fact that he does this during sex versus if he just did this to a woman with her clothes on, right? What's the difference? Because she didn't she didn't explicitly say this. She didn't explicitly ask for this. And there's a lot of evidence that they've all provided evidence that she said, no, she didn't want to do this. So he just assaulted her. He just, he just gave her a violent beatdown. Article continues. She said she was suicidal after the two had sex and all three were afraid to speak out, fearing retaliation from the media mogul and his rabid fan base. This article uses pseudonyms chosen by Insider, which is aware of the women's real identities. Quote, I know how he is when someone goes after him, said the second woman, who said she was both choked and filmed without advance permission. She asked not to have the specific details of her experience publicly revealed, freeing harassment from Portnoy or his fans. Insider spoke to someone with whom the woman shared details of her rough sex with Portnoy. Quote, I thought he would say something in public or share videos of me. So let's be clear. He's already established the precedence of sharing videos. 
and also taking the videos without their prior knowledge and consent. And once this piece dropped, he's been on Twitter telling his fans, telling his fans, ignoring the advice of his lawyers. He literally says, my lawyers don't want me to say anything, but I'm just going to come on here off the cuff because he's a dumbass and a narcissist, first of all. But he goes on there and starts to try to dig up all this information and all the journalists. And uh, he's alleging that the reason this this piece came out is because of uh, business insiders trying to tank the stock of his company, of his parent company, and that this is basically a, a political hit with financial gain for business insider. And all of that may or may not be true, but it doesn't detract from his specific behavior. And his specific behavior is using all of his crazy minions to harass the journalists, to harass any woman that speaks out against this, to harass business insiders. He's actually behaving exactly how right now on Twitter, and he's been doing it for 24 hours in the manner in which these women were talking about in this article that made them afraid to come forward. Yeah. So the fact that he's confirming the content of this article, to me, lends more credibility to what these victims are saying. I don't think they call it rape, but they did. he did do these violent sexual acts towards them. And is fully capable of leaking the video against their consent and then sending people to harass them, which is what he's doing right now. And he's, he's calling himself Grudge Dave and saying that he's not going to be canceled, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He's, he's acting like an unhinged asshole on Twitter right now. Yeah, he even said in one of the videos, like, I'm famous for having a grudge. I'm famously someone who holds a grudge or something along those lines. And first of all, I think the, the sort of people who brag about the fact that they hold a grudge are like the lamest fucking people ever. Like, they say it as if it's a supposed to be intimidating like they're trying to be intimidating and i just see that i'm like you're just a fucking pathetic loser people who hold a grudge like that are mentally unwell and probably like sociopaths or psychopaths or narcissists like there's something cognitively wrong with them yeah, so I'm, I'm going to skip past some of this article. It's just talking about, like, some scrody things that he's done. How, it's basically the history of Barstool. And it's just all he did was, like, get a bunch of scantily clad women to steal his magazine, clickbait and shit like that. It's just like a lad mag, but just bottom barrel. Not, it doesn't even pretend to be classy like Playboy used to be. Wait, I want to read this part of the article. So, the environment reflected in their company's irreverent attitude Portnoy didn't just court controversy, he relished in it. As he became increasingly known for going against the grain, fans who felt alienated by modern-day woke culture turned to him as the antidote. (laughs) So, take a 2017 episode of the podcast Barstool Radio, during which Portnoy seems to defend the hypothetical casting couch scenario in which Harvey Weinstein says to a struggling actress, hey, if you sleep with me, I'm going to put you in a starring role. Quote, no force, just a question, the Barstool founder said. Do you have a problem with that trade? Okay, okay, okay. Let me stop here and say it is illegal in all 50 states, and I'm guessing Canada and the UK, to require sex as a condition of employment, period. Period. It's it's disgusting that men don't see a problem with this because this is clearly employer abuse. You can't do that. Imagine if you worked at fucking Microsoft and they're like, oh, you can't get a job unless you suck my dick. If like you're you're, you're coming out of Stanford or MIT and you're like and um, Bill Cates rolls up and is like, you got to suck my dick if you want a job here. Like, you can't do that shit. But like men don't see it as that. They, they see it as an even exchange or like uh, or that um, they're doing these women a favor instead of workplace exploitation. Yeah, they don't even see it as coercion, which it is. It is coercion. Right, exactly. And and I hate when they try to blame like entirely the women for this because there will always be people who are desperate enough to do any job because the world is fucked up, man. Like the world is really difficult. We know people get sex trafficked. We know people end up being forced into liter- literal slavery in some countries because um, of just like just abject poverty. So when you have employers who take advantage of that, they are purposely exploiting poverty. Right. That's why we have things like minimum wage, because otherwise they pay you nothing. And we have employment laws and the conditions in which your employers can treat you and OSHA and all these laws that require employers to uphold a certain standard of care. And this is just completely unacceptable. And I don't like this argument that gets that keeps being pushed by these psychopath like men that it's a trade. Like, no, no, no. This is employment abuse. Let's be clear about that. 
So the article continues. In 2010, Pornoy infamously wrote a blog post defending an Australian man who'd been acquitted of raping a 24-year-old woman on the so-called skinny jeans defense. He says, I never condone rape, but if you're a size six and you're wearing skinny jeans, you kind of deserve to be raped, Portnoy wrote. The post has since been removed from Barstool's site, but just this May, Portnoy told the Fox News host Tucker Carlson that that was only one part of the statement that he regretted. I thought size six was like size 20, he said. I had my measurements screwed up and I wasn't on top of that. (laughs) So to him, the only part of that post that he regrets is that he got the measurements wrong. (laughs) gosh i'm speechless i'm actually speechless oh my god he's such a scrub okay so portnoy's brashness is exactly what fans and some colleagues say they love most about him (laughs) i love the fact that he's such a piece of shit anyways the big thing about him is that he's very truthful (laughs) truthful Can you imagine? See, the thing about this, and we've really tested the limits of men's tolerance of this, they love free speech until it's us. Interesting that. I I wonder if he's going to come after us and be like, oh, they're lying about me. Hey, we're just being truthful. Yeah, this is just us being honest. Yeah, we're just being honest here, Portnoy. People love us for I know holds barred skirt dragging, so. Exactly. So I'm curious to see how what's going to be the response to this episode. He looks like a leather shoe because he's always like tanned, right? He looks like, like the kind of guy who doesn't wear any sunscreen ever and has got so many sunburns that he's going to look like a fucking leather couch by the time he's 50. <laughs> leather couch, that's brilliant. Uh, says Portnoy's longtime friend and Barstool podcast host, Elio Imbornorne. I don't know. Um, you might not want to hear exactly what he wants to say, but he says what he believes and you've got to respect that. Why? Like a man could have the worst beliefs. Like I think I should be entitled to rape women and then say that out loud and men will be like, wow, he's so honest. He really speaks from the heart. (laughs) No, we don't have to respect everyone's beliefs. Yeah. No, (laughs) we don't. Like he has bad beliefs and he expresses those and those deserve to be criticized. I don't respect that like at all. (laughs) Anyways. Still, not everyone at Barstool is free to broadcast their opinions. In 2018, Portnoy removed two posts that cast a sympathetic light on Brett Kavanaugh's sexual assault accuser, Christine Blasey Ford, citing Barstool's no-politics policy, but left other posts on the hearings in place. Two years later, amid Black Lives Matter protests, Portnoy told his content team in an email reviewed by Insider... Quote, if anybody wants to write about politics or mentions white privilege or BLM on either side of the fence, it must be approved by me and only me. Nobody else has the authority to publish anything. End quote. He told them not to bother asking Barstool's editor-in-chief, Keith Markovich, ask me. <laughs> what, what is that? That is weird. You're not allowed to express an opinion he doesn't agree with. He, I mean, he's, he, he's on here ranting on the internet against the expressed advice of his legal team. So this is a soft brain man. Critics of Barstool, both within and outside the company, told Insider that there's a real risk to speaking out. The online community of stoolies, as Barstool's fan... First of all, stoolies? Really? All of his fans can be represented by the little poop emoji. That's like the mental image I have. Stoolies, as Barstool fans call themselves, have waged harassment campaigns against detractors. These have included death threats, doxing, online harassment, and targeting of people's families, friends, and workplaces. Bob Murchison, a private equity investor with no professional connection to Barstool, first began tracking Barstool's content in 2019 after it hired a radio host with a history of transphobic comments. Murchison, who has a transgender son, has taken it upon himself to privately warn advertisers of what he perceives to be the company's transphobic, misogynist, and racist content. In 2019, a Barstool employee shared a tweet containing Murchison's cell phone number and email address. His home address was posted on fan-read message boards. In response, Stooley sent Murchison death threats and packages, including one with an object meant to look like a bomb and another containing feces, stage a, quote, prayer vigil in his hometown that was also attended by Barstool employees, contacted organizations with which he was affiliated to make false claims of criminal activity against him, and showed up to his house where they filmed videos of their trespassing, which they later posted online. Quote, I reached out to Erica Nardini, Barstool CEO, and Barstool counsel several times asking them to address this horrific behavior, Murchison told Insider. Their responses left me with the impression that the harassment would only be stopped if I agreed to stop my criticism of their content. I believe the harassment was intended to intimidate and silence me. Nardini did not respond to our request for comment. 
Portnoy de- declined to get involved, saying on, quote, Barstool Radio in 2019, this Murchison guy, he sounds like a crazy person. I'm not going to go, I'm not going to war with someone I've literally never said a word to. Right, because he has his flying monkeys going out there. Yeah, he has no need to respond because he's got his flying monkeys to do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this spring, Nantucket Magazine featured a glowing profile of Portnoy, including a cover shot with Portnoy lounging in the ocean atop a rosé floaty. After readers complained about being offended by Portnoy's inclusion given his history of misogynistic and racist comments, the magazine issued an apology. Portnoy went on the attack, telling Page Six that the Nantucket Magazine editors were, quote, spineless jellyfish who are held hostage by the whims of the vocal minority. So this loud, brash, offensive white dude, you can sum up almost the rest of this article. Loud, brash, offensive white dude is mad that he can't say loud, brash, offensive white dude things. And not be criticized for it. Like, he still can say all those things, but he's just going to get criticized. Yeah. Anyways, the article goes on. Um, oh, no, here's here's a bad part. Okay, okay, okay. Last July, a young woman, Allison, was at her family's home on Nantucket. She just graduated from high school. According to several people on the island, Portnoy was a celebrity on Nantucket. Recent high school graduates from wealthy New England towns would try to land an invitation to Portnoy's house while summering on the island. The reputation on the island is that he is a god and a king and a, and kind of untouchable, Allison said. And everyone wants to get into his house for parties. So so I just want to point out, this is the behavior I was talking about in our, uh, in our episode we did about how to level up your pick-me friends. This is kind of <laughs> what you're going to read. What's going to happen in the rest of this article is like the perfect illustration of how your pick-me friends can sometimes put you in really fucked up situations. Allison's sister, Livia, who'd recently graduated from college, told Insider that some of her friends were sending Portnoy direct messages attempting to get the mogul's attention, but he, quote, wasn't giving them the time of day. Then they realized that her 19-year-old sister, Allison, might be more his type. They said, you should reach out to him. He likes younger girls. Ugh. And he completely took the bait, Olivia said. He was much more interested in her than any of my 22-year-old friends. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm 26, so I guess I'm too old for David Portnoy. I'm practically practically an old crone. Practically geriatric, Lilith. (laughs) Practically geriatric, yeah. Good, thank God. Allison sent Portnoy a message telling him she was on the island and would love to see him. He invited her over to his house and he asked him, and she asked him whether she could come by with a couple of friends. And what's what's interesting about this is that it's the legal age of alcohol consumption in the United States is 21 everywhere. So what, yeah, what's he doing inviting over 19 year olds to drink? Yeah, girls who are under the age of 21 specifically, because this entire paragraph describes the fact that he was across the board, not interested in any of her 22-year-old friends, but specifically interested in the 19-year-old friend, which makes no sense because 19-year-olds can't legally drink. So why would you invite girls who can't even drink to a house party? Because he's a predator. That's why. Right. He's a predator. Exactly. She asked him whether she could come by with a couple of friends, and he responds, while we fuck, seems weird. Portnoy wrote in a message viewed by Insider. Allison responded, nah, they don't mind. Okay, weird, but okay. Portnoy told Allison he didn't like her friends messaging him, then wrote, I'm not cool with your friends coming, sorry. Allison called off the meetup, unwilling to go alone. So the fact that he wanted her to be alone is a red fl- is another red flag so that he could isolate her. Like, he couldn't violently rape her with her friends in the other room, right? Like, if, if he tried to do... He probably knew that he couldn't do sexually what he wanted to do without her screaming in pain and her friends coming to help her, and that's why he didn't want her friends to come along. So isolation, right? This is the type of thing that skirts do. He's looking specifically for underage girls, and he's looking to isolate these girls. And that's why it bothers me when scrotes are like, well, there's no proof that he did it. Like, predators and rapists, they don't rape people where they can be seen. That's the whole point. They do it when the victim is isolated or when they're alone, so there's no witness, so they can get away with it. That's sort of the point of being a criminal. Criminals don't want to get caught. Just scrote logic with that one. here's... Okay, this gets bad. I just read ahead. Um, About a week later, though, she messages him again this time the two agreed to meet up in the afternoon i was definitely pushed by my friends said allison allison recalled sitting by the pool poor night offered her watermelon and water he asked her which school she went to and which grade she was in guy's disgusting <laughs> is she in high school he's like what grade are you in oh i'm in grade 12 like that's gross anyways i mean he's that's what i'm saying like it's the specificity of the way that he operates he likes high school girls exactly he's really trying to skirt that uh, that line of legality on purpose and there's nothing materially different 
between a 19 year old and a 22 year old as far as like physical like development per se this is like a specific this, i mean this is r kelly status basically like he's seeking out a specific demographic of girl for the express intention of sexual exploitation yeah like a 19 year old and a 22 year old are not that physically different but cognitively it's like night and day like when i was 19 i was like so like naive and like idealistic and much more easy to manipulate. By the time I was 22, I'd had so many bad experiences with men that I was a lot less easy to manipulate. So that's probably why. Anyways, he leaned in and started kissing me and I didn't know what to do at that point. She added, we went upstairs and he was really aggressive and I didn't know what to do and we had sex and that was it. And he kicked me out. Wow. Allison said her memories were fuzzy because of her emotional distress surrounding the event. <coughs> I wonder if he drugged her. Like, my memories are fuzzy because I was stressed out. Nah, it's probably because he roofied her. Um, because of her emotional distress surrounding the event. But like Madison, she said Portnoy choked her. He kept spitting in my mouth, which was really gross, said Allison. I was kind of scared. I didn't want to disappoint him. A little over... Oof. That line, I was scared and I didn't want to disappoint him, feels like a punch to the gut. Because as I'm reading this article, I'm actually feeling sort of triggered because my brain is going back to the abject terror of being in a hotel room alone with a 40-something-year-old man after he's spent thousands of dollars taking me on a vacation and I'm in a foreign city where I don't speak the language and feeling like I have to do whatever he wants or else uh, something bad is going to happen. And, like, thinking, oh, well, he's he pays my rent, he's paid for this vacation, like, I have to do whatever he wants. But that's the thing. These guys do that on purpose. They try to isolate you so you feel obligated to go along with whatever type of sexual depravity they've already planned out like this is this is a specific act of a predator they they specifically set these scenarios up expressly for that aim this is not like oh i randomly met a girl at a bar or i randomly met it because of course you wouldn't meet these girls at a bar because they're not of age so that's that's the first thing that's one thing actually he wouldn't meet these girls out because again there's no reason for a middle-aged man to be hanging around high schoolers or girls who just graduated high schools, or even college kids for that matter, because he's 44. There's literally no reason for them for him to be over there. Like maybe if you went to see a game at a college campus, you could have some kind of plausible deniability, but he's not even doing that. So this guy is just creating a scenario to set up the express type of sexual predation he wants. Like this is not an accident. This is a deliberate like hunting strategy. He's on the hunt. So a little hour, a little over an hour later, Allison's friends picked her up. One of the young women who was in the car told Insider that Allison was uncharacteristically quiet. She was clearly almost in shock, she said. She basically couldn't talk the next day, Allison's mother told Insider. Allison does not describe what happened to her as sexual assault, but said she was still deeply disturbed by the experience. I just felt very preyed on, she says. <sighs> okay. I'm trying to th find the words to say, to describe how I'm feeling about this right now. And I want to say that a lot of the stuff that I did when I was a sugar baby, I technically consented to all of those acts, but they traumatized me nevertheless, right? And so that's why with FDS, we really reinforce this idea that consent alone is not enough. If there's coercion or power dynamics with the age gap, with... um just like the violent sex when she wasn't expecting it, I still considered that bad. I mean, it, it's straight. It is assault. The only reason why the lines are blurred is because this is a, an, a propagation of rape culture under the guise of sex positivity. This is still rape and this is still assault. And the problem is, is because... And if you call it rape, they say it's kink shaming. Exactly. That's been the problem. But the problem is, is this has been so normalized. And when we talk about like, sex or um, casual sex, this has become a um, a normal part of interact, or at least in men's mind, especially these porn sick guys' minds, this has become a normal part of the sexual contract and sexual interaction, that this is no longer unusual behavior. And so they don't see this as assault. They see this as like, this is just a kink that some girls have. And, the, and since there's so many pick-me's that try to pretend like they can take all this abuse without uh, it's like they brag about how much the abuse they can take without setting boundaries, including people like Tracy Clark Flory. Those lines are constantly being blurred and it's no longer a kink or like or a taboo or something that's outside of mainstream sex. It is sex now. This is sex. It's and it's a it's a tragedy because it's not sex. It's assault. And ultimately, women are the collateral damage in this. You see stories like this, unfortunately, all the time in 
are just within the BDSM community. And the thing is that because there's so much emphasis on, you know, consent, they sort of, you know, miss the, you know, the other aspects that make a asexual interaction a consensual activity so for example if you've got someone screaming in pain or someone who you know for example visibly looks uncomfortable it shouldn't matter that they technically consented to having sex at all you know that should be okay she's not you know she's screaming in pain she's uncomfortable let's stop but there's just so much emphasis on you know well she said yes she agreed to it and consent is an ongoing thing it's constantly live you need to constantly or you should be 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 constantly checking if it's still there and i'm not gonna for example let these guys off the hook in that they don't know what consent looks like they absolutely know what consent looks like at the end of the day if dave portnoy was confronted with a six foot four guy he wanted to fuck him up the ass he would quickly say no and he knows what that looks like he knows what being uncomfortable looks like but they just rely on women being gaslit and told that you know well you consented so you've got nothing to complain about and in the video rebuttal that we that we'll talk about in a bit that's all he really has to say it was 100% consensual he doesn't actually deny that he did any of the the depraved acts that he's accused of he never denies it but he just says you know well it was consensual i hate how the phrase while well, she consented to it is almost used as a form of victim blaming now absolutely because because the other thing is too it's not a blanket consent to literally anything and that's what these guys are deliberately obscuring right they'll just say she consented i'm like did she literally consent to being choked and spit on or you she said i like rough sex and you took liberties right yeah if uh, when a woman thinks i like rough sex she's th- probably thinking of like you know, that you're ripping off each other's clothes, maybe some like really hard pounding and stuff. She's not thinking of him like punching her in the face or being fucking strangled within an inch of her life, right? Exactly. Exactly. And that's why like if you're going to literally physically assault somebody during a sex act, it is still sexual assault and you still at minimum need to ask explicitly for those behaviors. And I'll just say as well that I'm not sure if even women can give informed consent because, you know, from personal experience, a lot of, you know, women and even men, they underestimate just how strong they are. So you might be consenting to being, I don't know, for example, um, spanked or something. Yeah, exactly. But they do it with such force. It can literally take your breath away. And you're, and then you're literally there thinking, Oh shit, this guy is super, super strong. Um, especially liberal feminists that like to believe that men and women are physically the same. We're absolutely not. Do not underestimate the strength of a man, especially his upper body strength, because it can literally knock you. It, it can literally take your breath away as well. It can literally kill you. With that in mind, can they really, I mean, can they really truly consent if they're not even aware of how strong this guy is? Because it isn't like they say, okay, you can tap me on the ass a little bit. These guys just go a hundred percent and the woman's not expecting it as well. So with that in mind, I don't really think anyone can, it isn't informed consent if you don't fully know what you're going into. It really angers me that quote-unquote sex-positive culture has become like a veneer of respectability to perpetuate rape culture. Like what they call sex positivity is not even sex positivity, it's rape positivity. Exactly. And it's, 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 it's bad enough coming from these type of like obviously low barrel degenerate scrotes, but I think they're part of the the groundswell of support that FDS has enjoyed because there's a lot of women who are really, really getting tired of this narrative being also pushed by women who purport to be feminist thought leaders because it gives them, it just, it's like they, some of the stuff that they've published as quote unquote feminist has been very irresponsible and the way that they describe these kinds of ideas and the way that they describe these acts. And quite frankly, I think some of these women are probably recovering from abuse or using it to self-abuse themselves. So they've been giving a platform to, disseminate these ideas without context without examination of the men who are into kink and even now when we say that like men who are into bdsm are probably trash like they they deliberately ignore the fact that we talk about 
the men in this scenario and the motivations behind it and then say we're being sex negative and that we don't think women can make their own choices. And we're not the only people who've been dragged. And, and it's not been like one magazine or one set of people who's dragged us for this. It's like between Vice or The Verge or um, Jezebel, et cetera. They've all come out with the same narrative that us critiquing the entire BDSM normalization and the culture around that is a problem. And they're swinging back at us like we don't think women can make choices. We think women can make choices, but this is just a poor one for all of the reasons we're describing. It's a, Again, it's another form of like low-key victim blaming where it's like, we're talking about men being predatory and they're, and they turn it back on the women and say, Oh, so you're saying women can't make any choices for themselves. Are you telling me women shouldn't have any agency? It's just Darvo. They're, they're just flipping the script in like the most misogynistic way possible. I just think they're pick me's. Here's the problem. Pick me's are a fucking problem. And this is like, <laughs> this is like my 50th rant probably this year. On fucking pick me. So why? So speaking of like all of the a bunch of the Barstool employees, like the girls from Chicks in the Office and some other podcast about like um like smoking or whatever, they went on Twitter to like, oh, I have known Dave for a year now, and I'm sure of his character, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, first of all, no, you don't. You've known the man barely a year. And then there's also like reports of these same girls of Dave telling them like, you're not fuckable enough or you're not hot enough to their face. That's so sad. Oh my God. Most of these girls are like in their late teens or early twenties. And he disrespects the shit out of them to their face. And yet he's, they still felt the need to get on Twitter and defend this man. I'm like, for what sis, you're going to torpedo your career anywhere outside of this ecosystem. Everyone thinks you're a dingbat now. Like, you better for the rest of your life hope these, like, very fickle, antagonistic bros want to keep supporting your career and your podcast because nobody else is. I actually cannot fathom having so little self-respect that some creepy old man would tell me to my face, like, oh, you're 26, you're too old and not fuckable. And then turning around and defending that guy when he goes after much, much younger women. Like, I actually cannot fathom... And he said it on video and, and they cried. And I was like, girl, where's your self-respect? Yeah, I actually don't know what it's like to hate myself that much. Completely unfathomable to me. Like, I don't get it. So it's like they're already knee-jerk defending this guy who won't defend them when it comes down to it. Secondly, like, they're not going to get that much out of Barstool. Three, they probably are torpedoing their, their career outside of Barstool. So they're taking all this risk to die in a sword for a man who wouldn't piss on them if they were on fire. I want to continue with this article because it actually gets worse. Um, so she says, I just felt very preyed upon. Soon after Allison's encounter with Portnoy, two photos, a selfie Allison had taken with Portnoy and a photo her friend took of her leaving his house began to circulate the island. Both were posted on private Snapchats by Allison's friend, but were then screenshotted and shared widely. Before long, it felt as though the entire island knew what had transpired between Allison and Portnoy. Allison, who had depression, said she felt stressed and overwhelmed following her sexual encounter with Portnoy and the subsequent attention it got. Quote, I guess it was kind of my breaking point, Allison said. Three nights after having sex with Portnoy, Allison was suicidal and was hospitalized. Where she was in the hospital, her mother began going through her phone trying to understand what had happened. After finding Portnoy's messages, Allison's mother called the Nantucket Police Department. Yes! Yes! I'm so... Allison's mom... If you're out there listening, I want you to know you're a queen. Hell yeah. So she told the police, go put somebody outside his door because you're going to see every day there's some girl being dropped off. Insider viewed police departments confirming this call. Her mother wanted to pursue some sort of legal action against Portnoy, but Allison refused. Girl, why? Oh, she says, I knew he would drag me through the mud. That's so sad. And again, women know that if they speak out against him, that he's going to destroy them. And so us, since we have the privilege of anonymity, I feel like it is our duty and our responsibility to drag this fucking guy because other women are too scared to do so. We're feminist mercenaries in this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so the article goes on. He talks about how he's so uncancelable. It says in 2016, Erica Nardini beat out 74 men to become Barstool's new CEO. And she brought with it with her an influx of high level female executives. The company began to branch out in his content as well, launching five female lifestyle podcasts, including Chicks in the Office, Call Her Daddy, and Nardini's own token CEO. Wow, so she even calls herself a token CEO, like a token female CEO. Yeah, I mean, call, she unleashed, if she's responsible for unleashing Call Her Daddy onto the world, and Call Her Daddy's prom, like 
content is super problematic. And if you look at some of the Reddit responses to this story, there was somebody on one of the Caller Daddy subreddits that literally likened Alex Cooper to Ghislaine Maxwell saying that she advocates for women being treated like holes and just say, oh, you're just a hole or that uh, you should tell guys to choke you and how to act to get a guy turned on. But then the the subreddit users are calling her out by saying this is all dangerous and toxic and irresponsible to be encouraging men to sexually abuse these women. There's like a class difference between the way that women that have privilege are treated versus like working class women. And I kind of said this a little bit uh, before about like, you're not going to be able to leverage situations like this to your benefit, especially if you're not already famous or already have a following. A lot of girls think like, oh, if I go around someone like Dave or a rich and powerful man that it's going to somehow rub off on them. They're going to be able to have influence, but more than likely you're just going to get sexually abused and talk shit about and destroyed. And that's on purpose, by the way. I think a lot of girls see like the Kim Kardashian sugar baby lifestyle on Instagram and they get the impression that they're just one connection with a rich guy away from that. But the problem is like really and truly even if you're trying to like, quote unquote, get at a rich guy, you're better off trying to build your own brand as like an Instagram influencer or as a YouTube influencer or someone who actually has some kind of social leverage and an audience than trying to put yourself in a situation where this man has all the money, all the power, and he controls the entire narrative, right? Because there's nothing these women can do. All they had to do, all, all their entire recourse was going and making an anonymous interview with the journalists at insider to get their story out there because they're you know from the public perspective nobodies it's all it's all his word against yours and you're nobody so i just i really want to caution people and i'm, I'm kind of saying this because i know there's just a lot of girls and no matter what we say they're going to be like i want to be a sugar guy or i want to marry, marry a rich guy or i want to do this whatever just understand like you're way better off getting enough clout and influence and money yourself so you can avoid guys like portnoy altogether and then also so that you have the support and the backing when you do encounter assholes like this to protect your reputation and not get destroyed by someone like him, either legally, mentally, emotionally, or physically. Well, you said there's confirmed by the last story in this article, and this is the last bit, this is the last few paragraphs, but um, this last woman that he talked to uh, in this article, inside article reads, the Instagram influencer Ava Louise recalls messaging with Portnoy in August 2017 at the time she just turned 19 and he was 40. Again, he's got a type, fairly legal teenagers. I never reach out, he texted her in August 2017 in messages viewed by Insider. I noticed you two weeks and was interested. Later he wrote, I thought about you a bunch last night, not at all wholesome all the time. She responds, I want to be famous so bad, I'd be so good at it. I'm a good start then, he replies. Though she responded willingly at the time, Louise said she'd come to see an inherent problem with a man in power knowing he could take advantage of a younger girl. It's predatory, she says. Louise said it's not just a problem with David Portnoy. It's every man that has followers or status of any sort. It's kind of terrifying in a way. She says her parents were really freaked out by it when they found out she was thinking of meeting up with him and threatened to stop paying for her college if she followed through. Good! Yeah, based parents. Thank God for her parents. So she says, today she's grateful for their intervention. Quote, I probably would have let Dave Portnoy do whatever the hell he wanted to me, she told Insider, because I'm like, oh my God, it's Dave Portnoy. I'm glad I didn't have that experience. A couple of things with that. First of all, yeah, like these men are exploiting women's desire to become famous for their own sexual gain. And it's not going to work. It's not going to work. That's the thing. Like, yeah, like, you're not going to get famous. You're not like, and, and it's specifically, this is like, I want, I try to kind of explain it before, but this is a specific class issue thing. Like you're not going to be able to Kim Kardashian your way to fame the way she does. Kim Kardashian came from, from a connected family who was already wealthy. Mother was married to an Olympic athlete. Her father was a criminal trial lawyer for the trial of the century. People like Paris Hilton, people in this kind of clout where they, they become famous for like being famous and having sex tapes and doing the sugar baby thing, they they all the time already come from connection. So if you want to go this route, meaning you want to be like a sexy Instagram influencer, you are better off doing the actual work to build your brand on your own because they can't take that from you, right? And also when a guy tries to pull some bullshit like this, you don't have his entire 
um, army of online psychopaths stalking and harassing you because you have some people there to defend your position, right? And you'll also hopefully have the monetary compensation to um, do a countersuit if they try to come after you. So I just want to be like really careful for like the clout chasers out there. Everything that girl's friends did to her in that second story where they were like trying to DM Dave Portnoy and use their 19-year-old friend as bait. First of all, that's so shit. That's so shit. Your friends hate you. Like they don't like they want to get in that party so bad and they couldn't get him to pay attention to them because they're too old at 22, apparently. But that's so that's that's a pick me friend. You honestly don't want them in your life, period, because like you the 19 year old girl, she's the one that's has to live with that trauma now. Right. She was the only one that was put there. Everyone pressured her to go and she got nothing out of it. So if you're going to do like the clout chasing route and you want to be around these rich and famous guys like you got to start by like don't like straight up, just don't fuck them, because like if you have sex with them, like you've already tanked your brand you're better off like brick by brick trying to do the hard work to build your following and build your own influence and i mean this sincerely late this is not me like i want to say this because i feel like people try to spin it like oh it's it's not okay to be sexy or it's not okay to be a hot girl or whatever if you want to be a, a instagram baddie like seriously do all that shit if you wanted to but just understand like you're up against an institution when you're nobody and you try to go up against someone like that. You're just at a, a huge disadvantage and fucking up's not going to make you famous faster. You still, you will still have to go back on your Instagram and do all the work you would have had before, before you suck this old disgusting man's dick. So you've gained nothing. Okay. <laughs> so that's my, that's Rose rage. That's Roe giving a pep talk to young women. We should do like a row rant, a row rants section. I would love to do <laughs> Rose rant. Yeah. Rose rants. And then like a little, we'll do, we'll, we'll workshop this. We'll workshop. Um, I wanted to talk, have a conversation more generally about rich old men need to have more sexual self-discipline. I, I know that a lot of men seem to have this idea that uh, one of the privileges or advantages or benefits of becoming wealthy is that they can have sex however they want with, you know, any number of like beautiful young women. Or if you go throughout history, you see this in most civilizations, like the king or the sultan or shah or whatever often has a harem of women or a bunch of mistresses. Men are accustomed to the notion that being rich and powerful means that they're entitled to have sex with many beautiful young women, including doing fucked up predatory shit, like the Marquis de Sade, for example. I am of the view now that now that women have power and these men are now that we have the ability to make these men face consequences, rich, powerful men need to understand that the more rich and the more powerful they are doesn't make them more entitled to sex with beautiful young women. It actually just puts a bigger target on their back. You guys say, oh, these women are just lying about this so that they can get clout. And it's like, yeah, well, that's what happens. It's so funny to me to watch all of these men suddenly be able to articulate a bunch of nuances and coercion and victim blaming when they feel like the advantage might not be on their side. Interesting that suddenly they understand the language of rape culture. Yeah. So I'm of the view, I actually think that men being afraid of, quote, false, again, massive air quotes, false rape accusations. I think it's a good thing that men are afraid of false rape accusations. I think that it's a good deterrent from engaging in coercion or violence. I think men need to be more afraid of false rape accusations. Again, if you don't want people to think you're a rapist, then don't act like a rapist. Don't target 19-year-old girls. Don't isolate them at your house. Mm -hmm. Don't uh, fucking choke them yep. and hit them and spit in their mouth. Go off, Lilith! Thank you. Again, even though all this stuff was supposedly consensual, all of these are the patterns of behavior of a predatory, rapey man, right? So if you don't want to be called or labeled a rapist, don't do the things that rapists do. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Tell the people the truth. Men have created this narrative where it's women's responsibility not to get raped. I would like to argue that I actually think it's men's responsibility not to get accused. A word of advice for any gentleman listening in. If you don't want women to accuse you of rape, then don't subject women to violent, degrading, abusive, horrifying sex. Okay. And honestly, if a man does any of this shit, if a predatory rich old man with a reputation for preying on women, like say a woman came up to and said that Harvey Weinstein, you know, sexually assaulted her. I'd be like, but okay, same thing again with Harvey Weinstein. He could have stopped meeting with actresses in their hotel, in his hotel room after the first rape accusations. After that, I think I would, you know, ask them to visit me in a public office building. 
But no, right? He he keeps setting up that specific situation because he's a sexual predator. So he clearly didn't actually fear any consequences. I want to point out also that a lot of men will de- de- uh, defend Dave Portnoy because they aspire to be like him one day. Again, these even though these men are poor and themselves will never be able to enjoy the privileges of wealthy men, they still like to project themselves into his shoes or like, you know, think they like to think of themselves as, you know, temporarily embarrassed millionaires where one day if they Mm. ever become rich and famous, they want to have the privilege of being able to rape, you know, innocent young girls uh, and not face any consequences for it. And I think it's actually, so, you know, for me to say, Oh, if you're, um, a rich man, you should be careful about who you sleep with and under which circumstances and not do things that could be construed as rape, even if it's supposedly consensual. A lot of guys get mad at that statement because they think that they are entitled to do that when they become wealthy. To them, the entire purpose of becoming wealthy is so that they can do those things. And so when you tell them, oh, if you're wealthy, you shouldn't do those things as a matter of self-protection, they're like, but I want to rape women. That's the whole point of me becoming wealthy, right? They think that that's what comes with the territory, right? And I'm like, okay, I think that men like that deserve to be held accountable for it. I have to say, I am living for the fact that this entire article might actually be the result of a business insider trying to tank the stock in Dave Portnoy's company because I am fine with outing sexual predators for profit. Make an example of him. Honestly, like, I think it's even better if he loses his business because that's going to send a message to everyone around him, all the other shitty, rich, predatory scrolls that we are fucking coming from for you, okay? Lovely. All of that rapey shit you've been... Yes. Uh, not just yes. David Portnoy, but all the other rich, wealthy men who think that they're hot shit, who probably raped a girl 20, 30 years ago. I want you to know that we are fucking coming for you. But what I like about this idea is like, what if we, what if we actually as a manner of business started to make it normalized that if your CEO or anybody in your C-suite is out here sexually assaulting people or sexually preying on people, you could be outed and that could tank your stock. That actually is a perfect system of leverage. So I'm totally 100% okay with the fact that business business insider did this, even if it comes out to be true that this was like a hit piece. Because again, there's nothing in here that uh, it, like when he did his rebuttal online, he doesn't even ex- explicitly refute any of the things. He doesn't deny any of this shit. He doesn't deny it. He he just hides behind that it was consensual shit. He doesn't deny any of it. He admits it that we that we messaged that you know that I knew her. The, the idiot doesn't even try to say I'd never met her. Like he doesn't even try and do like a Prince Andrew defense where I didn't know her, didn't know her. He admits it. Yeah, he's a dumbass. <laughs> he's, he admits to it. it. And so. he thinks he's entitled to be that way. I think that David Portnoy being crucified, I think, is like the perfect example for all the other shit, shitty rich scrotes that they will face consequences for their predatory behavior. Yeah, we'll tank your company. And I, I don't feel any bad about it. Yeah, we'll tank your company. And people who are innocent don't spend 10 minutes, you know, in a, in a rebuttal video and they don't try and go after, was it the CEO of like Business Insider to try and bring them down? This isn't like a, you know, you've defamed me sort of thing. If it was defamation, he would have said, I'm going to get you for defamation. He didn't say anything like that. He's yeah, it's not 100% defamation if it's true. <laughs> It's true. It's not definite. And this is, and that's what his idiot followers kept saying. Like, oh, you, you, oh, you might want to get rid of that journalist because, you know, you could be named in a defamation suit. He's not going to sue for defamation because he will lose badly and it will probably come out that the claims are substantiated. It's probably be more if they did the discovery process. It'd probably even been worse than what's been described here. It'll be more. There'll be even more because, and if you look at this article, to be fair to the journalist, she researched it for eight months now. Um, like Portland and his idiotic cronies are saying well that's evidence it's a hit piece i was like well no if it's a good article you do need to research it it takes time to research these articles if you've done it for eight months it it shows that she's at least done in-depth research exactly good journalism she's researched her sources and she's put it together that someone spent eight months on an article i know because with barstool sports it's like it's like low quality content so each article or whatever they make probably has like tops like a couple of hours of work put into it so the idea of spending months on a certain project is probably inconceivable for him and his low effort fucking content that he puts out um but the 
it's not a bad thing that it was well-researched for eight months. That's actually more proof that it's correct. That's actually a good thing. Some of the biggest stories, for example, look at the Theranos scandals. These stories take time to uncover. It doesn't, it isn't just, but then again, you know, if she, she had, for example, I mean, like FDS, like we're not a stranger to hit pieces from like Vice and the like. But if she had, say, taken a month to do it, they would be saying, well, she didn't do her research properly. So this isn't, they're not concerned about the length of time it took. Dave Portnoy is just freaking out because it is a damning article. That's why he's freaking out. As a society, we need to flip the script on rapists. I'm at the point where it's like, if a so-called false rape accusation comes out, my brain just goes, you know, what did you do to make her accuse you of rape? Why were you alone together? Why were you choking her? Why were you uh, spitting in her mouth? Why were you isolating her? You should have known better. It's your fault for putting yourself in this situation. And so I think if men don't want to be, again, air quotes, falsely accused of rape, um, then they shouldn't put themselves in situations where they could be falsely accused of rape. And I know that it's going to make their penis mad because they want to, they want to rape, <laughs> you know, and they don't want to face any consequences for it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I feel zero sympathy for them. These men need to be afraid of quote unquote false rape accusations. And you know, you fucked up when even the subreddit is calling you out on your bullshit. Imagine actually being so degenerate that Redditor tier men can't defend you. He's even being called out on the Barstool subreddit. It's being suggested to him repeatedly that his behavior for a middle-aged man, especially a middle-aged man of great wealth, is at best irresponsible, if not downright criminal. Yeah, so ditto to what you just said, Lilith. Even the shitty dudes on Reddit can't defend this. I keep seeing this narrative that false rape accusations weaken the legitimacy of real rape accusations. And I just think that's blatantly untrue. Even if 100% of rape accusations were correct, men would still accuse women of lying because first of all, they're rapists. They don't want to face consequences for their actions and also because of misogyny. You know, the reason why men accuse women of lying when they report rape isn't because other women have lied about in the past. It's because they don't want to face consequences of their actions. All right. So that's our show. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy for weekly bonus content as well as uh, a discord where you can chat with us about this episode and have any and send us any topic suggestions you have for future episodes you can also submit a roast to scrote or an interesting story you want us to read online um, also check out our website at thefemaledatingstrategy.com we have a forum there and some articles check us out on twitter at femdatstrat thanks for listening queens and for all you stoolies out there if you don't want people to think you're a rapist then stop acting like a rapist die mad see you next week 